Hey, it's Wit. And Val. And we are Roman's Workbench. And once again, we got Max with us. Hey, Max. Hello, again, again. Again, again. Again, again. So today we thought we'd talk about some projects, some custom work that we've been working on. We've got quite a few orders from shows and requests on our Facebooks and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. we've had quite a bit of projects to work on. And we want to kind of go over on things we've learned from them and go forward plans for them if we get future requests. Mm-hmm. This is also going to kind of go over techniques we've learned in, in building trial and errors as well. Yep. We'll go over maybe nut bowls. That's been, that was the biggest mm-hmm. beast. So almost immediately out of the gate, we got an order for quite a few nut bowls. And we didn't quite have the tools to do it not not necessarily the quality enough tools yes that's it was, better it was, it. we've refined it a bit but no, those those are fairly easy it's just rough on on tools yeah uh, so what we did with that is um we started with doing a glue up val is a huge fan of the glue ups he loves mm-hmm. the different species in his work and the pops of color and whatnot and all the natural yep. colors yeah so we started with doing a glue up. And then from there, um, it, it's really just a, a circle jig with a router. But the the biggest hurdle we came over was, again, the quality of tool is the biggest drawback there. You, you're going to be putting that tool through a lot of abuse because um, it's hogging out a lot of material. One thing we did, I have started doing since then was uh, using the drill press to remove the bulk of it. That's a less stress on the on the router itself, but you still get the nice crisp lines from the from the router. Yeah. So the biggest so what we did was he would do the glue up, he would mm-hmm. route the inner bowl and the outer portion, but then would bandsaw the edges off. Mm-hmm. The corners off. I still off. do that, yeah. And then I would we finally got at first we didn't have um, the sanding bit for the drill press. Mm-hmm. And so I was hand sanding mm-hmm. the inner side of the the inside of the outer ring. Well, all of the rings. I was hand sanding the inside mm-hmm. of the bowl, and it just it didn't quite get the look that I didn't feel like it looked complete. I still feel like I saw lines or dark spots from the router, mm-hmm. um, or when you press the router down, you get circles in there, and they're fairly deep within the wood, and it's hard in the little area that you have in the nut bowl to get all of that air to get all of that flat and flush Mm -hmm. um so i feel like we were lacking i I feel like that's the one area we could improve upon we got the drill the sanding bit for the drill press and that has helped tremendously on the edges the inner Mm -hmm. bowl and the outer bowl um the the flat portion of the bowl is still kind of hard to get but i think by doing a slightly larger inside bowl it's mm-hmm. easier to get in there and get all those areas flush yeah so that's improved quite a bit also what router bits you're using makes a big difference because initially i was using just like a a flat um flush a flush trim bit sorry um so i was using that to hog out most of the material and uh one of the what was it the upcut spiral uh bits those are way better what those are way better for uh, one a cleaner cut and, and removing all that debris. Yeah, having 
the flutes push the debris up really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty similar with the CNC too. Yeah. Uh, well, with, with the other one, it just it removes more material, but it clogs so so quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that up that up cut is definitely a big help. I do feel like this nut bowl that we made more most recently might have been the easiest one we did. Just the single tone. I'm not not even because of that. I'm just your process seemed to go much quicker. Mm-hmm. The sanding process definitely went quicker. Well, after our seventh one, I think I got there. <laughs> nope, I was still struggling on fifteen. <laughs> that sanding bit for the drill press yeah. was a huge help because I just I couldn't get in in the two areas to sand it smooth enough, and I I'm a perfectionist and I wanted all those lines gone. So, yeah, the nut bowl, its been a big one, big learning experience. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to talk about the. Um, Red box, maybe. I was gonna say, Max, what what kind of projects have have you done in your past? Um, What's a good learning moment I've, for you? I've made three, three, two, two or three uh, Adirondack slash Muskoka chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, what I learned is it's super helpful if you have a template to for them because um, I got the plans out of somewhat working book, and my buddy made templates for me and cut them out of, uh, I forget what the wood's called. It's just like really thin MDF type stuff. Okay. And it just, it made the whole process so easy. Like, there's not really measuring, like you have to measure the seat slats and stuff. Everything, you just follow the template mm-hmm. and screw it all together. So if you can get templates for repeatable projects, it it's huge. So like Big on the, like the bread knives and the herb strippers, because mm-hmm. those are all pretty much exactly the same. I have one uh, bread knife that I made too thin, which I now use as a template. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. And then you can also run a flush cut trim bit or a yeah, like a, a router bit with a bearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah, same issue. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the right bit though, the flush cut. Yeah, you just but yeah, that'll make your life even quicker if you have mm-hmm. templates. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Which I, I think she still, uh, she just traces the template on to the uh, work piece and uh, cuts it out on the bandsaw. Yeah. But even still, that, that saves save time and it's yeah. they're all similar at well, least. Well, the first one we had an yeah. issue with on that was the I had made the parts that connect the blade not quite close enough. So I don't have issues with that anymore. But you're right, templates are huge. They help mm-hmm. eliminate error. So I think for me, biggest learning thing would probably be honestly those cigar trays, learning how to how to get around making them. Because like I said, originally I started with the the flat chisel and trying to meet in the middles is just a pain. And then uh, that's the reason we got the sanding bits. The for the drill press was because they were round. So getting that nice smooth finished all the way around that that was a big help. And then even doing the uh, recess for the uh, glass, for the uh, whiskey glass, that, that was a bit of a learning curve there too because uh, you don't want to go too shallow because then it's not even, you know, there's no point in even having it. And then it's such a big bit that you have to really go slow at it. you got to really slow down your tool. So it's like kind of getting familiar with your tools as well, I would say. 
If you go too fast, it jumps at you. Or it grabs a hold of it and spins it. <laughs> That's what I meant. It'll bite you. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. I was like, I'm not doing these anymore. You can do them. <laughs> and of course, a couple of them were like just barely bigger than the drill bit. I did so some like, that were just not to... the like the ashtray with two cigar mm-hmm. notches. So, so you, you had about a half an inch on the, either side of it. That's so. the ones that bit me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I showed her holding it with pliers, like a big set of channel locks. Just so you don't have to get your fingers right in there to <laughs> risk get, cutting one off. Okay. Um, so the other ta- the other item that mm-hmm. has was a booger for me was... Actually, my aunt ordered a wine barrel. Actually, it was supposed to be a whiskey barrel. Lazy Susan. And I could only find wine barrel lids. So I got some wine barrel lids. And um, they, whoever had sold them to us had already, had already polyurethaned them. And then he put some, like, plywood thing, super cheap plywood on the back to hold it together. So... I had to pull all that off. I had mm-hmm. to completely sand it down. And you can pull... I don't know what those nails are called in there. How they're in there. But they had to, I had to basically wedge each strip apart. And so you take the... You kind of deconstruct the whole lid. Sand all surfaces. Because in between the, in between the slats, it almost like flakes off. It was very weird. Um, so <laughs> take, take the slats apart and sand all surfaces or whatnot. Well, when I went to put it back together, I don't remember what happened the first time, but for some reason I had to take it back apart. Yeah, I think the gaps were, were too large in spots so you can like see through it. Yeah, something like that. So I basically had to take it back apart. Well, then... I think I tried to put it back together again, and I tried to poly the bottom. That's what it was. Mm. And the poly came through the gaps. So I was like, well, i got to start over again because it's not food safe. So I took it back apart again, re-sanded it all the way down, which on the bottom of the wine barrel lids is, is stained with the wine, so you don't want to like sand it too much to get that to go away. And that was, that was the issue. I wanted to Preserve just... That. Yeah, I well, what I wanted to do was just put the wood conditioner on the bottom, mm-hmm. and I realized quickly that the wine still seeps out of the wood, so then I had to poly the bottom, so then it had to be close enough that the poly didn't go through. Yeah, by the way, that smelled really good while sanding, I will say. Oh my gosh. I don't drink wine. I, don't, I mean, I don't drink anything, but the smell of it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Anyways, so that one was a learning curve, and I know it took me way longer than it should have, but I mean, I had to re-sand that down probably three times before I could get it, and that's not a simple process, because each time you've got to wedge each one apart, not damage it. Yeah, basically, it's just built in little slats. Yeah, but that was an interesting one. I think it turned out pretty cool, and I just finished the second one. Of course, the second one went... A million times faster than the first one. <laughs> it's always, it always seems to be the way. Yeah. Struggle real hard on the first one, and then on the second time around, you're like, oh, okay, I got this. I think it looks cool, though. Uh, you go to school on the first one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Max, you got another one? Um, before, I think this was before River Tables really even took off. Uh, my buddy had a coffee table. Mm-hmm. It might have been, I don't know. 
three foot by three foot square and the top was all messed up on it and he just got up like a box of marbles from when he was a kid from his mom like she dropped them off and like all oh, like we like what are we going to do for new or he's like i want to put a new top on this what can we do i was like well you could get some epoxy and like in case your childhood marbles in the top of the table like i said this was before river tables really took off so we didn't know what we were doing um so we, we first of all did not we use craft epoxy mm. did not get enough of it oh, no. and we didn't because like it was it was like a plywood base with some maybe pine sides we did not seal the bottom of the table at all <laughs> just poured the epoxy so half of it dripped onto his floor in his uh, oh. loft in his garage it was just a mess, but it was a good learning experience. <laughs> I learned to tape your seams and get the right epoxy. What's what was the, the set time on that? What What are the difference in the epoxies? Sorry. Um, a lot of it's like how deep of a layer you can have, because if it's like craft epoxy and you go too deep, it'll heat up too quick, and. Um, crack as a cure like it'll cure too fast and crack gotcha and there's some that just generally have a slower setup time so you have more time to get bubbles out or okay that makes sense val val you're asking something about that yeah what was the set time on that i don't even remember i think we kind of just poured it and left like we didn't <laughs> even keep an eye on it come back next so that reminds me of when we f- when we first got some like legit deep pour epoxy it was in mm. the middle of summer, and we did it in his loft. We had a fan trying to suck air through the window, but it still got too hot up there, and it got too hot. So like the edges of the epoxy started bubbling and stuff. He's like, I was already at home. He started sending me pictures. He's like, "Oh, what's going on? What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'm trying <laughs> to Google it to see if we just wasted two hundred dollars in epoxy." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to p- keep attention, pay attention to the temperature of the room, mm-hmm. also, because you don't want to get too hot too fast. So did it ruin? No. Um, I think we kind of got kind of lucky with that and we're able, because once it was done, we took like another quarter inch off the top and it got rid of most of the defects. Mm. Interesting. But like, if you want to go through a lot of trial and error, play with epoxy. <laughs> Expensive trial and error. Oh, it's so nerve wracking, but sometimes it's worth it. Mm. That's something cool. I want to do, but I, that reminds me is we were talking about um trying to find ways to keep the shop cool so we're thinking about fans or or ac it's so hot here yeah, it does it gets so hot and like with the garage doors closed it just it keeps the heat well like with that too you gotta worry about your wood warping mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. yeah like when i get my own garage i'm putting i don't care how much it costs i'm putting air conditioning in there mm-hmm <laughs> Well, that's what we're we're looking at now is maybe like a split unit, like or uh, one of those portable ones because it's not very big. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Food for thought. We got yeah. if we do that route, we'll have to drill a hole in the wall and all that. Put one of those uh, flapper things on the outside. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Powder and sin in there. Yeah. Veggie basket. Veggie basket. So that one we just just re- I just finished it what yesterday, right? Well, I I still have my part to do. So I finished the. I haven't even seen it yet. Mm-mm. It's not, it doesn't even have the netting on it yet. So we're. Ba- so we we got a special order from um, 
one of our repeat customers, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's for a veggie basket. So if you go out into your garden and you're picking the veggies from your garden, you can take this out. It's got netting around it. So, like, all the dirt and debris will fall through the netting and you can mm-hmm. carry it in. And not We'll get... have it on our website soon enough. Absolutely. But so this was kind of a, a learning experience as well because it incorporated multiple techniques. And uh, I don't know. Talk about your part, and I'll talk about mine. Uh, so what I did is, initially upon talking about this, I, I just envisioned it with walnut ends. So basically, it's at either end of this. It's about, what, 14 to 16 inches? Something, something like, like that. that, yeah. Um, on either end is a walnut board running vertically. Um, with, with the faces facing each other. Um, in between, I've got four total dowels that are offset, so I have some larger ones at the top, and then slightly inward on the bottom, I have some uh, slightly thinner ones. Um, and the idea is uh, they're around the top ones, the netting is going to kind of affix there and then go underneath the bottom ones and then back up to the other top one, so you have the whole basket shaped you did the uh, walnut ends. Yeah, I envisioned it with walnut. So in order to shape those, because that's not squared. It's it's rounded at the top and then slightly inwards and rounded at the bottom. Um, like I said, we'll have photos on our website here in just a little bit. But uh, in order to get the shape, I ended up uh, masking, taping them together. Um, both axes vertically and horizontally. And then I uh, just drew a quick shape on them, took them to the bandsaw, cut the uh, corners off pretty much, and then uh, I got to use our new uh, 12-inch disc sander, so I just sanded it into shape, and since they were taped together, they did them both uh, uniformly, so, uniformly? I don't know if that's a word, but... And then with the dowels, that that one was pretty easy. I was going to make my own dowels, uh, but at that point, I didn't have the adapter for the chuck, so... Uh, it just was not working all that well. But now I have the chuck, so I'm going to probably, on the next one, use maple or something like that. Something super fancy. But I, th- I believe the dowels right now are uh, poplar. And yeah, that's that's kind of the way I, I ended up screwing them together. So the top ones that are going to kind of carry the weight, uh, I recessed those in a little bit. And then I uh, screwed them through the uh, walnut just to make sure they're in there pretty pretty strong. And then the handle, <laughs> that one was a learning curve because I, I, I tried to uh, use thinner uh, dowels uh, as pins. I, I was trying to go really fancy with it, but it, is it, that why it looks all choppy? Probably. Not the not the basket. The I saw some thinner dowels on the uh, tabletop. Uh, well, on the inside of the basket, you'll see three wooden pieces uh-huh. that are different color those three dots yep those are the dowels that I, I was trying to uh make but it just it wasn't working out um i had gotten one side completely done and when i flipped it over the other side i went to knock the dowel in it knocked the first one off and it was a nightmare but uh, what was the purpose of those or what was going to be the purpose of aesthetics those? so instead of using oh, okay. screws or nails or something like that i was going to use wooden dowels and glue okay that makes sense Okay. It looks cool. Yeah, it, it, it is very appealing to the eye, but it didn't quite work out the way I was hoping. On the next one, I'm going to be doing that again, though. Cool. So, 
as <laughs> so I walked out there to see the basket and he at first he was going to take the handle and put it directly in between the two pieces of walnut and I was of course like I'm always trying to like think through the process I'm like all right so they go out to the garden I'm like well what if they have like a bigger piece of a bigger vegetable you know or like you got carrots with stems or you got big bell peppers or something. Is that going to fit in there? So that's when he decided to raise it slightly. Mm-hmm. And I would say in the future we even raise it more than we did on this one. Because you want it to be... I was trying to sand in there. God damn it. I was trying to sand in there. And it, I mean, I can't even get the sander in there to get, get around in there. Now granted, it's a big sander. So it's awkwardly shaped. So I think we'll be fine. I think it looks nice and i wouldn't want to do it much higher because you don't want it to be awkward and bulky Mm -hmm. but it still might be i think it may be a hair higher um i think that would be perfect but it looks cool we do need to sand the dowels before we attach them yeah yeah. (laughs) i kind of built it on the fly there but. but then again if you're if you're spinning your own yeah then you'll just sand them as you're doing that so yeah. that'll be easier and then I'm going to take it down. I'm going to... I I did 80 and 120 sanding on it. Tomorrow I'm going to do... At least on the handle part, I want, I want to take it down to 320 so that okay. the handle is super smooth. And then I'm going to poly everything and then attach the netting. And it'll be done. That sounds good. I think it's a super cool project. Yeah, that's definitely different uh, than what we've been doing. She brought that one to us, so... Mm-hmm. It'll be a cool one to see done. Max, you got any more? I have an example of just winging it and it turning out great and not learning anything from Ooh, it. Ooh, I like these. <laughs> um, at my old job, I got a bunch of pallets and I broke them down and turned them into a coffee table. I didn't have a plan or anything. I kind of just eyeballed everything and it went together really well. I really, I did not learn a thing from it. It just got lucky and it turned <laughs> out pretty good. I always wonder so. about using pallet wood. It's a topic of debate in the woodworking community. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. I would imagine that it's usable for some projects. You got to be careful because people use some pallets for hazardous material. You got to make sure there's no bug holes. And But I enjoy using it. I, I enjoy using reclaimed lumber. And I, from the table I made, I don't notice. Like, I, I covered it all in spar varnish. Mm. So it's pretty sealed. I haven't had any issues with it. Like, people are like, oh, it might also warp and stuff, too. Like, it hasn't, it wasn't really flat. I didn't plane or anything. I just used it like it is. Look for the flattest boards, and it's holding up just fine a couple of years later. That's good. You have to send us a picture. There's one on my Instagram if you want to check it out. Uh, oh, um, maybe I have. Seen it is it a then. lot okay. of it. It is a lot of work to tear them down. I've invested in a couple tools to make it easier in the future, but do you get one of those nails knocker yeah. things? Yeah, yeah. I thought That's about them. The, um, just for you all, his name term, yeah. that is the technical name nail knocker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I don't know what the technical <laughs> name is for that. But. <laughs> probably nail remover <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's not as fun <laughs> oh, it's been a long week yeah. it's been a long week is that the, the kind that uses like a pin to push it out yeah 
it looks just like a nail gun. Yeah. You just put the board over a trash can way. and yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like you have, like you have to straighten the nail, but then mm-hmm. yeah, you just slide the point Pink. over and pull the trigger. Just careful on the other side. Let's see some yeah. other custom work we've had. Bread box. Bread box. So that one I'm still currently building for the order. The first. I one thought I, you'd go over the first one. Yeah, sorry. The first one I built. It was just for us. Uh, I mean, that's kind. Of, so exactly what you were talking about with the coffee table, just wing it. That's kind of the way I live my life. <laughs> So, yeah. so God, it is so infuriating because i'm such accurate. a planner yeah so the bread box i had no plans on whatsoever i had an idea of a shape and that's about it yeah you knock, you knock that thing out really quick like from idea to finished product yeah i i typically don't draw my products at all like after the fact yeah. i'll go through and, and draw them however because then i'll have the measurements because i never measure anything beforehand <laughs> so <laughs> the, infuriating uh, that that was a, uh, a a perfect example of of uh no planning whatsoever just hey i i think i want something with a diagonal so let's go for it you didn't have the right angle on something yeah one of this it wasn't perfectly aligned but anyways i got it i got it there it looks yeah. great it does look good and now i've, I've got an order for Another one, which that one I've actually got plans for. It's I love. Be, explain how you're doing the wood. So I've got a, a really nice piece of hickory. So it's going to be hickory and maple. Um, so the door that you lift up is going to be hickory, and it's got a really nice uh, dark uh, pattern to it. Uh, really, really good looking wood. Um, so it'll be the door that you lift up is that nice dark wood. The inside on the the bottom of it um, is going to be two hickory boards. So you'll see both darks with the sapwood on the outside. So it looks it looks like open book kind of stuff. It's, is it book matched? Yeah. Cool. So uh, that looks really. That's when you cut it in half. Oh, okay. Um, like picture, like you take the book and o- or take the wood and open it like a book with a cut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's the way the bottom is, and then the uh, shelf, which uh, he asked for a shelf in this one. So it's gonna have a shelf in it, and that is got similar to the bottom one, where it's a, a thinner piece of dark with uh, some sapwood, uh, just to make both pop a little bit. So the sides and the back, the back and the top, the very, very small bit on the top is that that's all gonna be maple, and. The reason I wanted the the hickory with the like that has the sapwood and all that, so you can see the the lightness with the darkness, is mainly because I'm tying it in with the maple, so it's gonna blend a little bit better. Plus, I I like the way maples patterns look in general. They're green. I don't know. I just I really like it. So I think the size being maple, it's not gonna be so loud with the dark heart of the hickory or of the hickory hickory. Oh my God. That's kind of what I'm doing. So, uh, again, it'll be door, shelf, and bottom will be the hickory. The back, sides, and top will be a nice white maple with like a 30 degree angle. What are you going to do for the handle situation? Maybe I should ask him what kind of heart, what kind of. See if he actually wants a handle or for just uh, indention, if he wants to be a router finger grips. But uh, with with his, um, I think I'm going to try and hide the hardware a little bit better. Uh, than yeah, I, well, this was like the first one, so you hadn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have the um, 
Brad Naylor at the time. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have anything. Yeah. But uh, with this, I mean, I might try to join his together. In all honesty, try not to use any hardware whatsoever. But for the hinge portion, I want to try to hide that as much as I can. So I think I'm going to have fun with the chisel on that one. Cool. I think it's going to look good. Mm -hmm. You got any more? Maximilian? Not really. This isn't really, I don't know. This is kind of what helped me realize I'd rather focus on like woodworking over carpentry is that I helped do some um, board and batten before and I just got so anal with making stuff. What's that? What's what? Board and batten. Um, it's it's a siding you can do on buildings. It's like a 1x12 pine board. They just run vertically all the way along it and then you put 1x4 strips between the gaps to hide them. Okay. And I just I was too anal about it. Like it's it's siding. You can hide a lot of mistakes with board and batten. And I was just like, okay. I obviously prefer to be more detail oriented than just like mm-hmm. this more carpentry focused stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get more detail focused in my future projects. Yeah, I think you started out, Val. You started out. I don't. I don't mean this in an ugly way. Is that. You liked doing the project, but you didn't focus as much on, I guess, the cosmetic of it. Okay. But I feel like lately you have put, you've gotten a lot more into that and more focused on that. Well, for me, I I think I've taken a lot more interest in, like, the old school way of doing things. So, like, like the chisel, like, all the hand tool stuff is is really interesting to me uh, lately. Which that's that's a whole other side of, of woodworking, you know. You, if you're trying to go all retro, authentic, whatever you want to call it, super hipstery, but are you calling yourself a super hipster? No, no, no. I'm just I'm just saying that genre is kind of interesting for me in the whole woodworking thing. I'll, I'll probably still use power tools 100 percent because I hate planing, but yeah. it's called hybrid woodworking, my friend. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, so our last project is uh, that large tray. So we had a special request for Mm. basically a tray that would fit two casserole dishes side by side. Because I guess they do a lot of parties and they use a lot of casserole dishes. And so they use this as... That would be heavy. Yes. Like once you put two full casserole dishes on there. So that was the tricky part of this is that you couldn't like... Okay, the one tray that he made us downstairs is like super heavy. I was like, you can't do one that size. You yeah, won't be able to lift thick. it. Yeah. But we also wanted to make sure we used a strong enough wood to that would not like break or anything like that under the weight of that. So we ended up using oak. I think it's white oak we used. And that one came out really good. Uh, those we actually have in the gallery, I believe. Yeah. Uh, on our website. So you can take a mm-hmm. look at that. But. Um, the picture does does not do it justice. I think it's a picture of it on a, uh, a sidewalk or yeah, or she took steps. it outside or something like that. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't do it justice because that that was fairly large, and that was taken in in segments. So um, I glued the bottom together, similar to cutting board. So it was just side by side glue up, um, and then the the sides I I had cut one side didn't quite fit so i believe I actually. that's what it was i was trying to yeah. think i was like what happened 
one one corner didn't quite fit one of the pa bottom panels was was slightly skew or something like that so I ended up uh, cutting the end off and then re-adhering it on mm -hmm. and that it actually came out perfect when, we, when I started sanding I had two different issues on one of the corners there was a huge knot and when I was started sanding it it just ripped the whole chunk out and so I had to really be careful because I got this on the corner and if it if it weakens the joint then this is a really heavy stuff that's going to be sitting in here and it's going to break it but I think we were able to kind of chip off the rest of it and see and I think I had to glue I glued I glued the corner a little bit more and make sure it was is that where we cut it off and we mm -mm. no I think we were just able to salvage it because it wasn't at the bottom of it it was at the top but it was still at the joint and I was like I don't want to weaken this joint by leaving the knot there but then the other issue was we didn't have a great way to sand in the corners Mm -hmm. And because of how we had glued it together, you could see where the glue was. This was when you were slightly less tidy with the glue. And there was a lot of it, and you could see it. So that's when we got that... The multi-tool? The Yeah, the oscillating multi-tool or whatever. And it was able to get... It's like a triangle top sander. Mm -hmm. And it was able to get into the corners and on the edges really well. And that was a, a huge help. Cleaned it up quite a bit. I feel like we don't talk about that one enough. Um, no, because it, nobody wants to talk about sanding, but that is a huge one and it helps quite a bit. I use it anytime I have a corner or an edge, a 90 degree angle, I use it to get in there and uh, clear out the sanding. So I, I've, uh, I've thought about another, uh, learning experience pro project. I, uh, I think I brought it up on the last podcast episode I was on, but I made that, uh, drink holder that broke. Mm -hmm. um, I made it out of reclaimed cedar deck boards. Um, I learned a lot about how it's important to choose the right type of wood for the project because that was a light, like it wasn't a hardwood or like a hard cedar or anything. Mm. So that didn't help and grain direction. The grain direction, because I had to cut like pretty big holes in it with a hole saw for the drinks to sit in and the grain was just running the wrong way for it and just snapped like no, <laughs> no nothing. And then, like I, was, like, I seen a picture of it online and kind of just guessed. So, believe it or not, a 2 by 2 stake is hard to push into the ground with your hands. <laughs> so, like, if you want to start smacking it with a hammer, you're going to split the top of the, the shaft. So, like, I tried to, like, p attach a, a piece of rebar to it. And to try and fix it, I tried to use biscuits. Oh, boy. And clamp it up, and I didn't have the right tools for that. And just it, that one... Pro I probably learned learned the most from. That's a good I, one, though. I do feel like that's probably my biggest opportunity is learning the types of wood and what to use it for, mm -hmm. and then also the grains as well. Because you'll say things about the grain, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I wish I took a picture of it though, because it, like, because it, it was aged cedar, because it's like mm -hmm. I said, it was an old deck board, so it was really orange. I wish I took a picture of it because it did look nice. What'd you sell it for? I didn't, I didn't sell it. I just brought it over to a friend's house and let them try it and broke that night. <laughs> and then it just sat in the corner for months until we burnt it. <laughs> I didn't even finish it. Like, I just sanded it and said, ah, oh, the natural cedar looks good enough. One other thing I learned, well, it probably wasn't a project. It was, it was in our lumber runs 
We're, we're big on getting lumber and Facebook and all that. Super cheap people moving or selling stuff. Um, For sure. One of the biggest ones was that last guy's house we went to. So the one problem with Facebook and getting wood through there is it's usually a hodgepodge stuff. And almost always it's like half pine or cedar or, you know, which to me, that's not my favorite type of wood to work with. Um, Just not a lot of our stuff utilizes that type of wood. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't build a whole lot of outdoorsy stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm sure eventually I'll get there. Um, so most of that has turned into shop equipment. In all honesty, you're kind of you're kind you're kind of going backwards with it because usually people start with pine because yeah. it's affordable. You just jumped right into the exotics and hardwoods yeah. when you started making things. Yeah, well, and, and I realized that that as well. That, well. That's the whole reason we got all the all the pine and everything is because we thought we were gonna. Um, I do use it for, like the remember I made that octagon shelf. Yeah. But I made it like I made it out of pine. Yeah. So that's what I've like if you want a lightweight and you're gonna paint it, pine or spruce yeah. for sure. Or if it's going outdoors or something like that, like same thing. Uh I'll use some softwoods, no problem. Um, and then just put some sort of sealer on there, but Well, we're gonna do a whole nother episode about woods. Mm-hmm. So let, we don't need to go into that. I don't wanna ruin it. Yeah. But that that was probably just a, a big learning thing for me is really paying attention to what you're getting. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting, good stuff, good projects. I'm sure we'll do another Custom Works uh, podcast coming up shortly because we seem mm-hmm. to get quite a few of them after shows, and we've got yep. many, many shows coming up over the next month. So Every weekend, yep. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, hopefully we'll have quite a bit to talk about. Mm-hmm. Since you have a show every week, why don't you give them a weekly update of last week's show and how that went? Yep, I could absolutely do that. So, Val, uh, from my understanding, Val went to this show alone because you had a birthday party to go to. Mm-hmm. This last you. one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which that? And they only let you have a, a single table? Yep. Yeah, it was like an indoor market. It was. It was. So it was an indoor market inside of a bar. It was... Uh, 26 acres. 26 brewing. acres in Concord. Was this close to home? Uh, in Concord, so about, about 45, 45 minutes, minutes away. Not too yeah. bad. It's where our show is this weekend, too. We're in Concord fairly frequently, and that's where we actually get our lumber from as well. So we don't mind supporting the community and and trying to... I mean, that's still fairly local from what I consider. But the 26 acres uh, in Concord, that's that's who hosted it. Um, Well, yeah, it was through Starving Artist Market. Through Starving Artist, yeah. And um, apparently they do it fairly frequently. Um, I think this is the second or third one they had this year. It was it was really nice. the The staff there was really friendly. The other vendors were really nice. Uh, it was good good connections made for sure. We might actually have a couple of them on coming up shows here. Cool. And then this weekend, we're going to Art Walk on Union. Yeah. Our very first show mm-hmm. that we ever went to was Art Walk on Union. So apparently, they have one every season. So, um, we've not been to the summer one. We went to the fall. Fall and spring. Well, we, the first one we went to was fall. Yeah. Was what I was saying. Yeah. So, we've been fall, spring, and now we'll do summer. Mm-hmm. So, it should be interesting. It's always a good turnout. It's always good vendors. So, we are taking both kids with us. So, that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Max seems to do well, though. That's why we got um, quite a large fan. Uh, <laughs> we can't let the princess sweat. Or, I'm sorry, we can't let the princess glisten. (laughs) 
So <laughs> we've got to make sure she stays cool in this heat. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Max. Yeah, thanks for having me again again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye. As always. <laughs> and let us know what you think. We want your input. We want your comments. Talk to us. We want friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Check out our website at romansworkbench.com. All the information is going to be in the description below.